This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Be sure to visit WorldwideGolfShops.com today to get some of the best deals on all the major brands in golf equipment and apparel. In fact, you'll probably find a lot of stuff that you'll hear from the brands that we have every week on our show. Once again, that's WorldwideGolfShops.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. All right, folks, welcome back to the Golf and Filter Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam from GolfandFilter.com. Today I am joined with a good friend of mine, Josh Babbitt from the Hackers Paradise. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some stuff we got going on today. Before we get into today's episode, though, uh, be sure to go out and review us five stars if you like what we do out here at the Golf and Filter Podcast, as well as be sure to check out all of the episodes on the THP mobile app. So hello to all you over at the Hackers Paradise, and hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Srixon Golf as well. We may mention them today uh, during our conversation, JB. I don't actually know where this conversation's going to go, but I'm pretty sure a lot of different things will be talked about. But uh, it's good to uh, have the chance to hang out with you again. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. We are sitting in this wonderful Hilton hotel room. Yeah. Um, being that there's a tripod next to me, I don't know what else is coming later, <laughs> but um, we're in... Uh, Willowbrook, Illinois. Willowbrook. Well, near no, Willowbrook. Oak Brook, Oak Illinois. Brook, yeah. mm-hmm. um, overlooking the Oak Brook Golf Course. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice view. Yeah, it's a very nice view. There's a golf outing going on right now. We are here meeting up with a few folks that we'll get to here in a little bit, uh, a little bit later tonight. Um, but today, uh, JB and I hung out uh, in the morning to talk about uh, club fitting. We went and paid a little visit to uh, Club Champion in Willowbrook, Illinois. Uh, they are a great organization, as listeners to this know, and visitors to THP and Golf and Filtered know. Uh, and so, JB, I thought it was a really interesting experience because I actually had the opportunity to be on camera and get the fitting, which was new for me. Yeah, I, I had reached out to Club Champion about filming from beginning to end one of their driver fittings with the founder of Club Champion. Yeah, uh, Nick Sherburn is a wonderful fitter. He founded Club Champion. He's the dean of Club Champion University, mm. which is where they train all their fitters in Willowbrook. They have this pretty cool classroom and everything there. Okay, And I wanted him to go through the fitting. He knows shafts and gear as good as anybody. Right. He's a THPer at heart. And he went through and we did a fitting. It was as if the camera wasn't even there. You did the fitting. Um, and the results were what they were. You picked yeah. up over 10 yards of distance. Absolutely. It was a really interesting process, too, because now Nick has been on the show, and listeners, you know that he's been on the show in the past, and he spoke a lot about just the misconceptions that people might have going into a club fitting. And so Nick actually, and you'll see all of this um, on THP uh, coming up, because the video I know is still in production um, at the time of this recording. But you'll see, folks, that he does kind of go into a lot of that information. And so I, I have had two or three, maybe three or four fittings now, and I learn something new every time. That's the, kind of the benefit. And I always say 
when you're going for a fitting, and I believe that golfers should be fit. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a prerequisite to enjoy the game, but I think if it, the service is available and you want more out of your golf equipment, why not? Uh, one of the benefits is always learning something. It could be about your swing. It could be about your gear. It could be about something you may not know about. Right. Um, the club champion process is a fun one, and they'll see that in the video coming up where you hit your baseline club, you mess with some shafts to try those. They want to limit the amount of swings you take with a shaft because the body will adjust. And then we get the club head, which will make the biggest difference in the ball flight. Yeah. At the end, and it, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch you go through it. I won't spoil the results sure. with what you were fit to. Yeah. Um, but there were a number of of combinations of shaft and head that worked very well for you. Yeah, absolutely, and that, I think that was the biggest takeaway that I had. And again, I've been through a few of these processes before, as well as you have. Um, but I'm always amazed at wow, how much your swing profile changes over the years. And listeners know that I've talked about my fittings from the past and what I got fit into those times. And I can say, again, not to spoil the results of this one, I actually ended up having a completely different swing profile than I did four years ago. Yeah, and that, that happens more than we think. The other aspect of that is equipment changes. So if I go back to, I'll go back eight or nine years, yeah. and core was still a thing, you yeah, know, right. it was measured differently. They weren't <laughs> using CT to measure, but uh, the core limit was still a thing, and we look at drivers, and low-spin drivers were super unforgiving. Now every driver is low spin. Right. There are some higher spin options on a spectrum, but getting below 3,000 RPMs of spin isn't a, a unicorn, so to speak. No. Every golfer can do it now, and it's not just through lowering loft. And by the way, it's not always necessary for a golfer. Every golfer out there that is searching for more distance immediately says, oh, i got to lower the spin, I hit it too high, and then you get them on a launch monitor and you see, well, maybe they don't hit it too high. Yeah. If you watch the guys on the PGA Tour, they're hitting towering golf balls over 100 feet of peak every time. Right. And they get that way, not talking about their abilities, which are uncanny. Right. Through fitting. Yeah. So the same service is available. I'm a big fan of Club Champion, and as I've been vocal about in the past, I feel like they do as good a job as anybody, maybe better, at a premium club fitting. Mm-hmm. There's, op- there's options for everybody out there from basic no-charge fitting at stores to demo days that have them. Titleist Thursday has them. Right. Uh, to a premium place like Club Champion where the choices, the shaft wall is ubiqui- ubiquitous. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Um, but what's, what's interesting, too, though, is uh, something you touched on about how you can basically adjust a club, for the most part, regardless of brand, to perform optimally for you. Now, there's always going to be, maybe not always, but most of the time, at least it was for me, there was a clear winner, quote-unquote, in today's fitting. Are you doing finger quotes? I just did finger quote, air quotes. I do that a lot, actually, now that I think of it. But there, it's, it's interesting, too, because all the different combinations you have to think about with shaft profile, and these are things that we talk a lot about, not only at Golf & Filter, but also at THP on the forums. And to actually experience that and to see it was just something that, wow, there's there's a lot that goes into this. How can anyone just go and buy something off the rack? Well, two things. Yeah. First, golf should be enjoyed any way they want to. I'd say the same thing to a player that plays muscle backs. Sure. You did that for quite I a did, while. I did, and I don't know why, but I you did. You know, <laughs> if, if it makes you enjoy the game, I say play it. Yeah. There's always going to be also, the flip side of that, something better. Mm. And whether that's better through fitting 
whether that is better because it's newer technology, whether it's better because it's better looking to you, more expensive, there's always something else. Mm-hmm. You can go, you can play this game forever. Of, uh, we just had this conversation, not to veer off topic, yeah, yeah. while we were eating, yeah. that with the cost of clubs through a fitting with an exotic shaft, you know, you might be looking 700 to to $1,000 mm-hmm. in some cases, not always, of course. But if that club gave you 15 to 20 yards more distance, and let's say dispersion was similar, yeah. would that be worth it? Some people might say no. It might not be. But if they're the person who's buying drivers or new equipment on the regular, let's say, every year, every other year, maybe it is. Mm. I know to me, and I'm not the right demographic, sure. so to speak, for this, that if I got fit and I was seeing 15 to 20 yards more distance, yeah, I'm probably jumping on that. Yeah, that that's a complete, maybe two-club difference. From, oh um, yeah. yeah, you're hitting wedge instead of eight iron, and that's that's the, it. Really, just boils down to ROI for you. You kind of have to think of your golf game, depending on the seriousness of your game or how serious you take your game, as kind of a, a, a mini business almost. Like, what am I going to get in return for what I'm spending? In this case, it would be a shorter club in your hands, unless you're a one length player, right? Uh, in the greens, yeah, and hopefully your dispersion tightens as well. Sure, and I and I think that that's important. You mentioned something about fitting a second ago that was rather interesting about tweaking your club, right. the adjustability. That's something that people have to watch, though. Yes, it is. If you are getting fit and the fitter does a good job, which in a place like a club champion they would be, mm-hmm. if you go back and then you start messing with weights, you are undoing that fitting, so to speak. Right. That's the that's the tough part. And that's actually something, so I, uh, again, not to spoil too much about the video, but I walked into the fitting with my driver set at a specific spec. And it was explained to me, hey, this is what you're getting from a face angle, from everything, uh, based on how you have your current driver setting. Were you aware of that? Now, I was aware of that, but I didn't understand how that then compares to other drivers that I was being fit for that day. And the difference this time through, I should be transparent, as compared to the other fittings I had, I was not going in for a specific brand. Now, just to be completely open, in the past, I had gone in to say, okay, I'm only trying brand X here, and which one of those offerings fit me best. This one, everything was wide open. And so we ended up getting to a point, which you'll see in the video when it's released, uh, that is a little bit different than I would have expected, but it was pretty clear that, wow, this, this was night and day. Yeah, it was, and you picked up yardage, you got, yeah. your dispersion got better, you found more forgiveness. Across the board, everything worked. Yeah. That driver would have been a little pricey. It would have, yeah. That's to your point, it would have been... Would, would you have bought it? Had uh, you just been a golfer going through and and going through that? If you, I, were, you were about 12 yards longer, I, I was uh, actually more closer to like 18. It was 18 a, yards longer, yeah. dispersion got tighter, tighter, and in this case, you would have been... Right around, we'll just, I'll make up numbers without spoiling sure, sure. Right around $1,000. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, would I have bought it? It's tough because like you, I might not be the, the, the best demographic to answer it, but if I knew I was not buying a club for the next three years and I was comfortable with that, and, I was, and what I mean by that, and this might touch on a few folks that you know visit our sites uh, together, if I was comfortable with technology, quote-unquote, passing me by, and sticking with that, maybe I would. But I think golfers like to have the newest, shiniest things. I don't think it's golfers. Mm-hmm. I think everybody does. Yeah. I, have you ever bought a car and the next year they change the body style? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and you think to yourself, like, 
wow, that is the worst. <laughs> um, I think that's the same thing here. And, and by the way, golf companies release products that are better than the previous year. Yeah. They're not getting worse. No. They're getting better. Will a golfer necessarily see that as an advantage and see usable data that says that I'm hitting it three, five, six yards further each time? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on the player. But golf companies are releasing better products every year, every other year, depending on the company. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, too. As I'm a golfer, and if, long before THP or anything else, I was a golfer that liked to change their equipment every year. Sure. That's just, I, I find the equipment almost as much fun as the game. That sounds horrible, but I do. But it's true. It, you and I share that opinion. Yeah. yeah. So going back and, and doing these things and trying drivers and doing that stuff, that's part of the fun for me. But it is funny now that I'm in this position. I still go get fit. I got fit for the driver that's in my bag now. Mm -hmm. I got fit for the driver before that. And the one before that, by the way, all at Club Champion, and I'm not saying that because we were with them. Right. That's the God's honest truth. Yeah. So you've got a lot of visitors that come to your site, both on the forum as well as those who just kind of passively come to read a little bit about the content or read the content that's on there. Would you say that those who are interested in getting a fitting – are they? Do they still have more to learn about the process, or are they hoping to come onto the forum, for example, to say, you know what, this is the exact answer to my question that I wanted. I can just go ahead, take that information based on how other people have been fit, and then to go and hopefully apply that to maybe the specs that they need. That's a really good question, and I don't know the answer. I know that doesn't make for a good podcast topic. I don't know the answer to that. I think there's a lot of people, and I still go back to fitting the same way I went back to instruction. Um, there's two things that come there. I think that instruction helps people miraculously. Mm. And I think fitting can as well. I think there's a portion of the golfer that wants to just buy equipment and and play it. There's not an equipment company out there that says not get fit. Every one of them says go get fit. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think there's a portion of golfer that doesn't like to swing in front of other people that they don't know. Yeah, true. And going to a fitting where you're sitting in, in like a club champion one, the bay. Now, the fitting bay is enormous at club champion. There's no, oh, I'm going to hit the walls kind of feeling. It's not <laughs> right, like right. that. Or going in front of an instructor somewhere. That's not really for them. So I can tell people point blank, there's nothing golf shot wise that these fitters and other people haven't seen. But you're not going to convince somebody that's not comfortable that they're going to get a good fitting. Because if you are uncomfortable in the fitting bay, it's not going to be a good fitting. No. So I think that there's a lot of people, going back to your question, that will come. I have a swing speed of 95 like you do. I hit the ball, I feel too low like you do. Or I'm spinny, I need more distance. You got fit for this, I'm going to try this. I think you get that quite a bit, especially as they delve into the shaft world. And I believe shaft is a lot about feel. Mm -hmm. uh, Because... A shaft feeling right will help you center the club, and if you can center the club right, more distance. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an important point you raised because people, whether it be because how products are marketed or how people compare themselves to their playing partners, uh, you know, when Michael Briska, a mutual friend of ours, has been on the show and we've talked about this as well, where you kind of compare yourself to others, and then even the fitters that have been on our show have said, we're not just fitting the golfer in front of us, we're fitting their foursome. Because I think that's a, a natural human instinct to compare yourself to those that are around you. Yeah, and I think that goes back to how golf companies would like to market. The, a pyramid, 
of influence has right. been around in business forever. If you hit a core golfer, it goes. Yeah, yeah. Do, you did the quotes. I'm doing the triangle <laughs> with good. my hands right There's now. There's a lot of hands. And, and I feel like that that's kind of the way it goes. And, and the fitters are right; they are fitting your foursome, and they're probably not if if they're a a golfer that's popular at their club. They're probably fitting more than that. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a dangerous slope too. It would be the equivalent of. Oh, well, you can have one glass of wine with dinner and go drive home. So, therefore, I can too. And I might have never had a drink before. That's a so, good point. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a little bit to that. But I do think, going back to it, I think that if you can get fit and you're comfortable and you can swing, do it. Yeah. Even if nothing else, it's fun. Right. It is a lot. It's very tiring, too. I, I well, forgot. You, you, you did it in a con- condensed amount of time. You know, but you're you're true. You're, you're right, though, too, because I mean, even on our fitting, which was for a specific purpose, and it was a little bit different than maybe most people would experience. There were a number of people who were watching me swing the club, and I've I've done that before, so I knew what that was going to be like. But it's always I've always kind of had this this feeling of well, you kind of have to catch your golf swing with a snapshot at the time when you go and get fit, and hope it's the best that you're swinging that day, or at least average. Because everything is based on averages mm-hmm. most of the time, um, but to uh, club champions' uh, credit, at least they, uh, you know, Nick was asking, "How'd you swing that one? Did you like that one? You know, maybe we don't include that one because that's not typical, and really, that's to my benefit." Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that one of the things you always hear about is, "Well, it's the beginning of the year, and I'm, I live in a season. I, I live in Florida, so I don't equate to this much. Right. But I live in an area where I might not be swinging my best." Normally, the body takes over after a little bit, yeah. and your natural tendencies will come out. Right. So the fitting will stick regardless. Yeah, and, and listeners, uh, as Nick told me earlier today, it's not his job to make sure that I'm putting the best swing on the ball. It's his job to tell me the best metrics when I'm swinging my best. And so right. that, that's really an important thing. You're not going to get a golf lesson when you go and get a golf fitting. No, and... Thank God for that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, we should probably talk a little bit, JV, about why we are here uh, tonight as well. Okay. And we've talked a lot about, oh, in past episodes as of late, um, just uh, marketing in general, uh, social media, social media influencers, the, uh, the uh, way that these folks work together, as we're seeing now, uh, kind of joining up, collaborating more often to help get the word out about specific products. And later today, uh, and actually a couple hours from now, uh, we're going to be meeting up with a few folks that live in the area. Yeah. Um, I had come to the realization, this was a while back, but I got a little sidetracked, um, (laughs) that every time there's news, my Twitter timeline, my Instagram feed, and all these other places, it says the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And... I don't even know if I shared with you the exact moment I, I, I wanted to do this was one of the companies was releasing a new product. And I honestly can't remember which company. Fair. I think it was TaylorMade, but I'm not sure. Okay. And you could tell they had their tour players scripted. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And every tour player tweeted the exact same thing. Yeah. They didn't change it at all. I'm like, that's so bad. Yeah. 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 But it, rem- it dawned on me that... The general and traditional media, and in a way, a lot of the digital that I'm a part of are the same way in that we might have these creative ideas that we do ourselves or keep to ourselves, and then you watch the flip side of the new age, I'll call them influencers. I'm not a big fan of that term after watching the Fire documentary. (laughs) Fair, Um, yeah. 
that showed it was all smoke and mirrors. Right. Um, there's a there's a more collaborative approach, and I'm a big fan of collaboration. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be us versus the world and anti-establishment for the sake of being anti-establishment, which always makes me laugh. If you if yeah. you hate golf so much, go write a food blog. <laughs> you know, it, it's. We're, we're here because we love this game. You don't get into the golf world to get rich no. or because, oh, man, I'm going to really make my mark writing about golf equipment. <laughs> right. You know, and so the collaborative approach is something that I've enjoyed. And earlier this year, I was a part of a media day for one of the companies, and they had a lot of non-traditional media out there. And it was really a fun and unique group that we worked together. Mm. And I met some great people. Um, and it dawned on me that, hey, this would be fun to do with other things. Yeah. I have out there and off the wall ideas, but I also have a pretty big reach. And maybe I can help somebody with what they need, and they can help me with what I need. Because I'm certainly not good at everything in golf, as many people point out to me daily. <laughs> um, so let's see if we can get a group together. I happen to come to Chicago quite a bit to meet with some partners and talk yeah, and just have like a open think tank kind of thing of talking and seeing how we can work together, how I can help them maybe with reach. They can help me with things I might need help with. Right. And see what happens. Yeah. And I think it's a great idea, obviously. I mean, cause I'm here to, to join you for that. And I know that I've spoken to brands, not only those who have come on the show, but also who I've, you know, just in passing. And I know you've done the same and, and it's, pretty clear that that's where the marketing game is going. Maybe. I, I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I don't know if brands care how the message gets put out as long as, long as, as it's, out it's out and it's done well yeah. and it's done honestly. We, there's a lot of this, oh, the big bad brands thing that exists now and the clever marketing and it's I've never encountered any of that and I've said that on this show. I've never had a brand tell me what to write how to write it, yeah. be mad if something was negative. I've never encountered that. Hmm. I'm not discounting people who say they have. Sure, sure. I haven't. Um, I did have an apparel brand like 10 years ago tell me that they thought our writing was terrible. It was. It was my article. So, <laughs> um, that brand, ironically enough, is not around anymore. Yeah. Uh, I hope that wasn't because of me. That but uh, I, I think that there's the idea is these brands, you can make the case in some ways, don't need the messaging anymore sure. because they can get it out just as fast. Right. So how can a digital magazine, so to speak, an internet website, a golf blog, a social media person help not necessarily the brand, but their followers and listeners and readers and viewers understand that. Yeah. And that's kind of the approach that I've taken is I don't want to share a marketing message. I don't want to invalidate a marketing message. I want to help educate what the marketing message is, and if it's in fact real. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole nuts and bolts of it. And I think doing that with other people can not only be more fun, mm. it can help people more. As brands get more social, which we're seeing that a lot more often now. I mean, there are people that, you can name people at brands that are personalities, that they know that they work, for, uh, we know that they work for these brands. As they get more social, do you feel that, the, the influencer, or I know you don't like the term, but at least that part of marketing has to keep up with them. But to your point, maybe the answer to that is no, because they can get the word out clearly on their own. We live, work, and stay in a very fast-moving thing. Yeah. The golf blog barely existed a decade ago. The Instagram didn't exist. Twitter was brand new. Right. Facebook was around, but certainly not this. 
who knows what's going to be two years from now Instagram may not be here right you know um, well they're even talking I'm about sorry changing. if you're having an I'm laughing because Adam is sitting across <laughs> from me at a table and his son <laughs> is beating into his yeah, eyes just so if you hear this curtain moving yeah. it's because he's going blind oh my god um, why I'm don't you go at, the other way? I'm moving it the wrong way, too. Um, this is making for a great podcast. Yeah, that's fine. So, going back to it, I don't know what the what the messaging and how that those personalities will come through. Yeah. I don't... I think a person is either going to be able to help their audience understand a product, brand, or something else, or they're not. We can call those influencers. The, the reason that I struggle with the influencer thing, I mentioned the five yeah. documentary in jest, is... It is not hard to have 100,000 followers on Instagram in five minutes. <laughs> as long as you can pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Anybody can go and buy a bunch of followers. It'll last a few months, and then you could rebuy them. And I'm not talking about a lot of money. No. Um, I can honestly say I haven't done that. No. And, but I know it exists. It's about engagement. And that's really what it, what it comes down to. I have a forum because it's engaging and people have conversations all day every day I feel the same way about social media and one of the reasons that for years I gravitated a little bit towards Twitter was because it was an open dialogue and I liked that transparent nature of it Um, I think that as people find products and influencers so to speak are able to help I don't want to say guide them towards a product but help messaging and a, a follower understand a product that's where it's a win for everybody yeah do you think social media is... By the way, it's the worst term ever because everybody who does social media is antisocial. Well, that's kind of the point. Well, and it's very negative now as well. And so that's so something... the world. You know, the world is negative. And maybe it's just a personification of what we experience every day in electronic form. But it's also a matter of, all right, well, this is where a lot of companies need... Where they need to take advantage. And, and would you say then maybe, first of all, do you agree with that? And secondly, do you feel that they can have a brand, a golf brand, can have success without a strong social media presence? Yes, I do believe a brand can have success without a strong social media presence. In fact, it's proven. Mm. Um, Titleist didn't have much of a social media presence forever. Right. And they didn't lose market share in golf balls. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I, I believe so. I am a realist when it comes to the demographics of golf and I study that data quite a bit I don't believe that a brand can be made on social media hmm. I just like I don't believe it can be failed, it can fail on social media with that said, I believe it's important and I believe Callaway is the perfect example of showing that it's been important they were the first to really dive 100% into this space Yeah, uh, I know you've had Chad Coleman as uh, a guest as well as done done an interview with him mm-hmm. um, he was one of the those I don't want to say pioneers but a pioneer in the golf space of yeah. bringing social media and making it relevant and the whole company kind of bought into that yeah. being open I, I so I think it can certainly work it comes down to the message if you are a brand and Nike golf was notorious for this who had no engagement no nothing put out a message and just let people follow it if they chose to you're going to get out of it exactly what you put into it. Yeah, that's If true. you are a brand that wants to engage, wants to chat, wants to talk, wants to be open and honest with your consumer, you're going to get more out of it. Yeah. And it's also interesting about the brands you bring up, especially Callaway, which you know you and I both uh, you know love the people over there. They're actually making a further shift where they're almost in 
incorporating, you know, their podcasts. They're they're almost they have their own studio. You went there the other day, yeah, and saw everything they have. Been there a few times. Um, I'm a fan of all golf brands, and it's pretty funny because I made this comment the other day. I said 95% of the golf industry are really genuinely good people. I agree with that. And Harry Arnett leaving Callaway was a big blow to the digital golf world because he's been a big part of that but he surrounded himself with really good people and strong leadership and they'll do just fine they have they are a media company they have an executive producer they have podcasts they have a golf live tv show they have the golf lives video series if you haven't watched it you should it's absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. uh around the country and world of different golf courses they even got into paper publication with pivot yeah so yeah they are on one extreme yeah the other extreme would be going to visit a small company, maybe a direct-to-consumer company that's literally got one guy who's his other job is VP of sales, his <laughs> right. other job is deciding what packaging to do, and by the way, he also has to get stuff out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the right. same time. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that. I, I, you know, I think, like I said, I think you can be made that way, and I think you can fail that way, but there's a definite shift towards a transparent and honest message that is engaging rather than here's our product look look at us yeah yeah don't look away we might i know that your feed's moving but don't look away we want you to sit through this 90 second video i have a feeling that we're going to talk a lot about that tonight with, with the folks that uh, we're talking meeting with later just about engagement about what we like to see and what experiences we've had and so uh listeners again you know we're Sitting here with uh, Josh Babbitt from THP Golf. Uh, Thehackersparadise.com is the website to go out. Go become a member of the forum, too. I'm on there. JB's on there often. Uh, a, <laughs> I would say that's probably a <laughs> um, But, you know, it's a really great golf community because one of the things that, JB, you just mentioned regarding uh, what makes this stuff work is engagement. And there's websites like yours. I would hope that there is some engagement uh, that we've contributed to in a positive way at Golf and Filtered. Certainly all the listeners that listen to this and all the uh, content that comes out from THP. Uh, you know, get involved. Continue to reach out to us. JB, I know I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you you get contacts every single day from people. Yeah, that, I love it. Yeah. I actually said to my wife the other day that I had a day where I didn't have a golf question, like, in my inbox. I don't mean on the forum. Those yeah. are there. In my inbox, on social media, DM, I don't know, what are they, slide into Yeah, slide into your Yeah, head. it's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't have a question. Yeah. In the day, and it was weird. Oh, like, what did you I, do with yourself? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I kept waiting, and the little thing never went off. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, we get questions all the time. I love the engagement because at the end of the day, it goes back to what I said. If you didn't like golf, or you want to be anti-establishment, or angry, and all this stuff, don't. It's golf, right? I, I, there's enough anger on the golf course with throwing <laughs> clubs and everything like yeah. that. There's no reason to do it on digital world, too. I just saw someone miss a putt over here through his golf club, so I 100% uh, agree with that. I think that was like the 15th pole, maybe. Don't judge me. <laughs> well, JB, uh, thanks so much for your time today, and I'm sure that listeners, you'll see a lot of the content over at thehackersparadise.com. Follow both of us. Follow us at Golf Unfiltered, all over social. Follow JB and the Hackers Paradise at THP Golf, all over social as well. So thanks for tuning in, JB. Thanks for uh, sitting down. Thanks for having me on.